Welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, where you will hear conversations with artists and creative entrepreneurs from around the globe. From art and creativity to education and business, this podcast features discussions with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, and I can't wait to get started. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are chatting with Paulina Rie. Paulina is an artist based in Oslo, Norway, and she is also the founder of Female Artists Oslo. I cannot wait for today's conversation. I'm so excited about it, and I'm really looking forward to diving in and learning more about Paulina. Welcome, Paulina. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. You are so welcome. I'm so excited you're here with us today. And you and I have been fortunate enough to, you know, I think we connected like maybe a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. And that's right. I am so amazed. I, can't, I know I can't even believe it's been that long, but I'm so amazed by all the amazing work that you are doing in the art community and the work you are doing as a painter. So I was hoping to just start by mm-hmm. learning a little bit more about your process as a visual artist. Can yeah. you tell us about how that process has been for you uh, and how your journey has kind of evolved as an artist over the course of your life? Yep. I think um, very similarly to many artists I know, I was always a very creative child. I always remember spending time drawing. That was probably one of my most favorite things to do. And uh, my father is an architect and I always saw him spending time drawing. And I think that really, really inspired me. So I always wanted to be drawing and just really enjoyed the creative aspect of, you know, like having a sheet of paper in front of me and suddenly creating something out of nothing. Um, I continued with drawing, I think, for most of my life. I think during my youth, I kind of like just went into sketching a bit. I moved a lot. I moved from the Ecuador to the U.S. I'm originally from Ecuador when I was about 15. And I think that was a very big change in my life. And that kind of like uh, disconnected me a little bit from my creativity. I think I was uh, going through so much just in life, trying to process it, that it was put a little bit on the side, but it was only for a couple of years because um, when I was about 17, my sister started going to university uh, in New York City at the Fashion Institute of Technology. And um, I used to take some classes with her, some night classes. I was working at the time, saving up for college. So then I started taking a lot of different random classes, illustration, painting, And it was just so amazing. And I mean, just being in New York City, which is like such a vibrant art city in many ways was so inspiring. But at the same time, I was also just getting to know the U.S. and everything. So I think it was still like, you know, I I understood that I wanted to have art in my life in some form, but I didn't really know how to do it because uh, my parents were immigrants. And we were just, you know, trying to make a life for ourselves in the U.S. So I couldn't put it as a priority the way that I would have liked to do it. But I always kept it on the side. I then went on to university. And in university, I always also took my electives were also always art related. So I I always knew that eventually I would when I would have the opportunity, I would go into making art full time. And I expected it to be sometime probably when I was more established in life. And uh, that's what happened. Basically, I started really devoting myself to my art career about 
two years ago, almost three now. And uh, it all started through my sister-in-law, who also happens to be an artist. She's amazing. Her name is Shauna Miller. And she is just so inspiring in so many ways. I feel like in many ways she was a little bit of a mentor guiding me through her own path. And uh, she put me in contact with the Artist Mother podcast, actually, because um, first to listen to their podcast, but also to be part of their programs. So I took one of their art critique programs, and I think that was definitely a huge turning point. And that's why, actually, going back to your just last episode, I was just like completely blown away by everything that you were saying, because I was like, spot on, spot on, spot on. I agreed with every single one of those points because one, getting that online community, but also, you know, investing in my art business practice and also making sure that I understood kind of like some of the things that I needed to do in order to help my career was just such a, such a mind blowing step to take because I feel like that really led into opening a lot of different doors. I created some wonderful, wonderful friendships. I'm still very close friends to the people who I was in that group. And just to understand what I wanted to do with my art career, that was fantastic because it really helped me understand why I was making art, what kind of art I wanted to make and how I wanted to develop my art practice. So that's pretty much a very quick run through. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. And I feel like it's always so hard to summarize like your entire life's journey as a yeah. creative individual <laughs> in just a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> but I also love what you said about how your journey wasn't necessarily linear because it's something yeah. we talk about a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many routes to get to the same destination. And for many artists, we have yeah. obstacles and detours and Maybe we're creative as children and then we put our art on pause for a little bit and then mm -hmm. we return to it later. Like there are so many ways to becoming to becoming a successful artist. And, yep. you know, I think even the term successful is like dependent on what you consider success to be. But yep. I love the artist mother community. Mm -hmm. um, I have heard so many great things. There are so many artists I work with that are also part of that community. And yep. I've heard how impactful it really can be. Yes. And it's so important to be part of a community. Like, yes. I, you know, I, oh my goodness. It is, it's actually essential. You know, I used to think yes. it was just kind of like a nice added bonus Thing. if you yeah. were part of an artist community. And now I'm like, no, no you actually, essential. like, it is necessary <laughs> to your growth as an artist yes. to connect with other artists, to engage in conversations. And I can imagine for you being part of the critique group where you were getting you know, some really great feedback with your work probably helps you to grow. So tell us a little bit as well about the kind of work that you make. What do you focus on in terms of your subject matter? What kinds yeah. of themes do you explore in your artwork? Yes. Well, basically I work mostly on portraiture and uh, do a lot of figurative work. And at the moment, my work focuses on mental health and the relationship of uh, motherhood in the time when we no longer have a village to help us uh, raise our children. So I think obviously that comes a lot from my own experience. I live in Norway and I don't have any family in Norway. So raising my three children has been for the most part left only to me. And I think that's why also becoming a part of the Artist Mother podcast was such an essential thing for me, because just like you say, belonging to an artist community is 
very necessary for every artist to really be able to thrive. You can do it on your own, but I feel like it's just a longer process and it's very lonely. So uh, I think understanding the limitations that motherhood put on me in terms of my time and um, it was very refreshing to understand that there were so many women making their art careers and some with very non-linear uh, career career paths. So that was very, very inspiring for me. I remember that one of the people that I connected uh, earlier on was with like uh, Denise Cassart. She was one of these artists who talked a lot about motherhood and just uh, a lot about also how to carve the time to make art. And uh, it was incredible. She made a whole series, I think, uh, I don't know for how long, where she was like painting and she would record the moment when she started doing the painting until when she was finished. And it was always writing in the back, what was it that interrupted her um, art sessions? And then she had a full exhibition of this. And it was completely, you know, like it touched me so much because I was like, you know, some paintings were like three minutes long because that's all she had. And I could relate so much to that experience. So I reached out to her and she's one of the most beautiful souls. She was super kind. She gave me this amazing feedback. We'd never really met other than this interaction, but it was such a beautiful thing to see, you know, that people that I don't know could care and like uh, also just kind of like give you the encouragement that you need. So that was really, really beautiful. So that was one aspect of it. And I think that also made me realize that I wanted to really deep digger. I've also been working a lot on my own mental health. And I think doing that definitely connected me to understanding more about like, you know, rumination, which I used to do a lot. And it also, I think comparing the type of relationship my mother had to us as children and her life back in Ecuador versus mine. So that's why my subject matter is my family for the most part. And I'm currently working on two series, one series that is specifically called A Whole Life, and it relates to all the people that have been a part of my life. And all the titles come from um, music uh, that is uh, very popular in South America. And it's mostly from the 1950s, 1960s. They're called boleros. And basically they're music that my grandfather used to play in his guitar when I was a little child. And this was a big part of my life. So it's such a beautiful way to commemorate, to make this series, to put these titles because they are so personal. And in many ways, I think for many people, they can uh, relate that something that is so impactful in your life will definitely stay with you way beyond your, you know, young year, younger years. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'm just visually like thinking about your work in my mind right now, just picturing yeah. it and your work. It's like, I can feel, and I felt even before I really knew what your work was yeah. truly about when I just was seeing it on Instagram, that you were communicating these personal narratives about family and connection and memory. Yeah. And I think it comes through really strong in the way that you paint the portraits even like I noticed some of them, are a little bit more abstracted. Yeah. And so it almost feels like you're looking at, at an old photograph. Yeah. I A lot of my reference pictures are actual photographs from like, you know, I would say probably some from like uh, 60s, 50s. I have a lot of like really old black and white and very small, very high quality, sharp pictures from my grandfather. He was actually um, very big on taking pictures. He loved doing that. 
And uh, I'm so lucky like that because I was able to get a lot of those pictures. So they definitely play a big role in inspiring me. And it's uh, and it's something that I also want to convey. Making some of those abstract images that you're describing is the whole point of like people feeling like they can connect a little bit because it could really be anyone. I think that's so beautiful. And a question that I often have for yeah. artists who are also... Um, mothers. And then you are also the founder of Female Artists Oslo, which we'll chat about in a moment. Mm -hmm. How do you balance it all with your own art practice? Because I know that, you know, over the past few years, like you've really put your own art practice at the forefront and you're really dedicated to, to growing it. And you've put in so much work and energy to developing this series. So um, what did, you know, how, how do you balance it? And what advice might you give to other artists who, ba- who have like multiple responsibilities and, and passions and things like that? Well, I think one of the things is like uh, getting really clear about your goals and understanding where you're trying to go. I think that is probably step number one. And I think yes. it's beautiful to explore a lot of different things, but you really have to be dedicated to understanding what you're working towards. Because I think also being a creative person, you can really easily go to a lot of different places. So doing that, but also having people around you that can give you uh, to be to make you a little bit accountable for what you are like planning to do. And that's where like having an art community around you is ideal because then you're able to, you know, bounce of ideas with uh, some people and then uh, you can see if you're like, you know, following the path that you're carving for yourself or if you're digressing a little bit. And I think at the end of the day is, you know, just understanding what are your time constraints and learning to play a little bit around them, because that's what I do. I don't manage to do art every day in the way that I would like to for my art practice, but I do try to remain flexible and creative. So what I do is that I aim for trying to paint at least once a week, at least actually physically be in the studio and give myself some time to paint. And then as often as possible, and I try that to be every day, I try to sketch as much as I can. And sometimes it's, you know, like super, super quick sketches. Sometimes it's just a few minutes, but it's, I think making sure that I have that regularity really, really keeps me motivated and also makes me feel that, you know, I'm investing in my art. And sometimes I also try to add on to that also reading about art related things, whether it's like magazines that are, you know, about um, contemporary art, whether they are books or just things that really, really inspire me. I think those are the things that I try to do. So I, I would say that if you're a person with a lot of responsibilities, getting clear on your goals making also time for your art is super, super important, whatever that means and whatever that can be for you. And it doesn't really have to be a lot of time. You know, you can always make it grow as time goes by and you're learning how to balance things better. It's difficult. Sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating, but I think at the same time, it's a beautiful thing when you see it over a period and there you're like, wow, you know, like it felt to me like I wasn't giving it too much, but look, I've managed to do all this because most of my series, I think I developed over the period of working just two days a week because I was taking a painting class with a local artist who is fantastic here. And I was super lucky that I was able to take on a class. And then the other one was just like, after taking the class for a couple of uh, months, I decided to add on to be part of like a group um, studio space. And then I would go and paint on that second day. So it was very dedicated time, but it was really, I felt like it really made a difference for my art practice. Absolutely. And 
I think it's so important for us to remember, because it's very easy to forget, that we can still make progress, even if we're working one or two days a week on our art practice, you know? like. I think we feel sometimes as artists and creatives that unless we are working on our, you know, our art uh, every day or four days a week that, you know, we're not professional artists or we're not doing enough. I think a lot of it comes down to this idea of enoughness as well. When really it's like, listen, I think every artist would love to work in their studio Monday through Friday. We would all love that. Yeah. But it's just not reality for most mm-hmm. of us. And that's yeah. okay. The, the most important thing, like you said, is to work when you can. And yeah. if you can say, I'm going to dedicate at least one day every week, yeah. then you know, stick to that as much as you can. Be consistent with that. But it's yeah. not always about how much you know, time. I always say this. like It's not yeah. about having endless hours in the studio. It's about no. doing what you can with the time exactly. you have. Mm-hmm. And I also really love your sketching practice. It's something <laughs> I'm you. also trying to to do. Like I literally just ordered a sketchbook and new pencils and even like colored pencils and markers. I'm like, what would be fun to just yeah. sketch in the evening? Because even if it's like a 15 minute sketch, yes. you're working that part of the brain. You know, you're turning yeah. that creative side on mm-hmm. and it's for sure going to keep you engaged in your practice. So. That's such yeah. a great idea for any artist out there who, you know, like, like I'm even thinking about artists who work day jobs and have a yeah. long commute and maybe mm-hmm. they're commuting via like the bus or the subway. Yeah. Bring your sketchbook. But, yeah, you know, and another thing you touched on, too, that I think is so important is there are so many facets to your creative practice. So how you were saying, like, if I if there's a week where I can't necessarily sketch because I'm super busy with other things, mm-hmm. I will read an art magazine. Like that's still yeah. part of your art practice. It is. It is. And I think that's the most important thing also, understanding what is it that feeds into creative energy and what actually helps you continue to develop that career. I have spent a lot of time over the last few months making an effort to go to more art shows. So that's why I'm telling you, I was like spot on with everything that you're saying, because I'm spending so much time. I've even traveled abroad for some specific shows that I thought like were too important for me to miss. And I'm so glad I did because first of all, the opportunity to network at some of these places, and I'm talking about making beautiful relationships with other artists and feeling like, okay, you know, we have this connectedness over the work that we're doing that is so special. And every time I come back, I'm just like, I'm so inspired. And it really, I feel like it really makes my work stronger because suddenly it's not just about me. I'm bringing all all this experience into my work. And that was the other thing that I recently thought about uh, recently because you know, I try to spend time reflecting on why I'm choosing the subject matter that I'm choosing. And I also realized that, you know, we are living through some very, very strange times over the last couple of years. And inevitably, that means that at some point, somebody's going to look back at us and what we've been doing and writing and anything that is going to like, kind of like be preserved and try to understand a little bit of how we were thinking. And the history, for the most part, unfortunately, is always been written by men and is through the male eye that is seen. But, you know, we women have also our own perceptions of how we're living these times. And I was remembering this because the other day I, as I was putting my kid to sleep, my middle child, she's seven, and she was asking me a lot about the war. 
And, you know, it was obviously a very strong topic to discuss. Very important is everywhere. Children have so much access to information these days that it's very hard to really shield anything. And I was, you know, trying to do my best to just kind of process it together with her, to give her some facts, to give her some reassurances. But I have to say, I was very overwhelmed by the question myself and thinking how it feels for me as an adult to understand what is happening. So I think actually that my art also re uh, reflects that part of it. Like, you know, this is how I'm viewing my life and how much I'm reflecting about the people that I love, the people that I care about and how I think about them as I see things happening in Iran and thinking about how those people are losing their loved ones on this situation and how people are not allowed to go places and all the limitations that they are put on the people in Ukraine having to move away, never knowing if they're coming back to their homes. There's so much to think about. So it's inevitable that I also want to kind of like make my art so personal. And it's been beautiful to learn that there's been so many other artists who have done this. I recently read the biography of uh, Celia Paul and she did extremely personal work. It was like her mothers, her sisters, you know, and she is in the Tate Modern in London. She's very well recognized uh, by her paintings. And I'm also doing Alice Neal. She did a lot of like random people, but a lot of people that were also super, super close to her. So it's it's really important to understand that also that it's important for you to follow and and figure out what is it that you want to do. If your subject matter is whether it's personal or non-personal, you have to understand why you're doing it and put in the work to understand that because that really matters. And that comes across also in the work that you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, you, you just made so many important points. And I think like it comes down to us remembering as artists that the work we create has an impact that reaches mm -hmm. far beyond our immediate you know, audience. And that one day there will be people who are looking back at our mm -hmm. at our work the same way that we are looking back at, you know, like I'm just thinking of, uh, I went to the, I was, oh my gosh, so lucky to have the opportunity to have gone to the Helma Afklint mm -hmm. show at the Guggenheim a few years ago. And I was just thinking about how, you know, she was an artist that I think rarely or if ever showed her work while she was alive, mm -hmm. you know, and yet here we are like in the Guggenheim looking at all of her paintings, mm -hmm. however many years, like many years later, yeah. and it's making such an impact on us today. And yeah. so it is important to remember like, yeah, the work we create is going to have a lasting impact. Probably we're not even fully aware of the impact it will have in, yeah. you know, in the future. But I think I love what you said about getting really clear on your why. Like what is your yeah. purpose for creating the work? Because your why your purpose is going to anchor you, you know, it's yeah. going to serve as that anchor to your art practice. And it takes time to figure that out. And sometimes yes. also your why shifts and evolve, yes. like, mm -hmm. and evolves. Like the work I was creating even five years ago is so different to the work I'm creating yeah. now. And I think it's also um, important that we allow ourselves and give our, ourselves yeah. permission for our intentions to change over time. But regardless, mm -hmm. get it being clear on what those intentions are. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you say, that flexibility, because I completely agree with you. You know, I, I don't know if I will always be painting exactly the people in my family. Obviously at the moment, um, figurative work is what really speaks to me and what I want to be working on. 
But there's so many things about my art practice that I'm regularly evaluating, taking the time to understand. I, I started an art journal because one of my art friends really recommended that. She was like, you know, really, as you're doing the process, as you're uh, making what you're doing, make sure that you keep that so that you always can kind of go back to that and understand what you were thinking at the time of what you were doing. And that has been one of the most valuable things to do, both because it has really helped me understand very clearly what was it that I wanted to put forward in my art, but also it has helped me strengthen my artist statement, which is always a super important thing. And that's the other thing that people don't understand, you know, like obviously making the art is a big part of it, but I wouldn't say that is not, that is only the only thing that we're doing because we're spending so much time writing about our work to make sure that other people are able to understand what we are trying to achieve. Because, you know, if you're having a solo show, you have to have like a very <laughs> lengthy artist statement that makes sense. It doesn't mean that you have to write for hours and hours, but also if you're having interviews or if you're writing, I feel like every time I get a feature in a magazine, it's a beautiful moment to evaluate what I'm writing because you then you write about the individual pieces that you're having in that magazine and also about the process. So we're constantly working. There's so much work that goes behind the scenes of what we do, putting up the shows, taking down the shows, talking to people, applying to things, making sure that we understand what kind of things we're going to be applying to, what makes sense, what will be, you know, really making sure that we are furthering on our art careers. It's quite, it's quite the process. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's so much, it's so much more than just making the work. And yeah, um, it is really essential to practice self-reflection. Mm -hmm. I, it's something I'm actively working on. I will be completely transparent. It's not something that comes super naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Like I have to actively carve out time to yeah. self-reflect and you know, I think I even shared in my previous podcast episode, but even the self-reflection can look different for every artist, yeah. like written self-reflection or sometimes even just talking into your phone and doing like a voice recording. But yeah. either way, just taking time to really think about the work you're creating. For me, it is it is usually through written reflection that I'm able to arrive at those aha moments. Like when I force myself to sit down and work on my artist statement you know, or even just make brainstorm a list of notes for my artist statement. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what I'm trying to say. Yes. But I don't know if I would have gotten to that uh, place if I hadn't have actively carved out like 20 yeah. or 30 minutes to sit down and write about the work that I'm making. Yes. But it's true. Like there's so many facets of your art practice and yeah. making the work, I think will always be the core of what you're doing. But it is not 100% of no. your work as an artist. It's looking at work. It's reflecting yeah. um, about your work. It's engaging with other artists. And yeah. like we were talking about being part of an art community. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. And speaking of art community, mm -hmm. I would love to kind of shift gears and yeah. talk with you about Female Artists Oslo and you know, what led you to launch that initiative? It's such powerful work you're doing in terms of building your own community yeah. in Oslo. Mm -hmm. So tell us, like, we'll just rewind and start at the beginning. Tell us yeah. how, how the idea first came to you. Well, I have to say that it came exactly at the same time as I joined the Artist Mother podcast, because I felt like that was having such a big impact in my life. I should say that at the same time as I did that, I took um, an online class with Amaya Gurpide, 
And she was just completely mind blowing. And I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. And, you know, just being in that setting, we were having the online discussion and she was like talking about her process. It was a very specific class about one uh, specific topic. And I think at that point, I was probably the least experienced artist in the group because, I mean, I mean, at least from the people that were asking the questions, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> these people are like so full on and it was but it was such an enriching experience so that's the other thing I think also taking some classes outside of your comfort zone can really make you grow in ways that you couldn't expect it so I think it was a combination of those two things together that I was like this would just be fantastic to have like my own community so well first of all I was like you know having an uh, an in-person community where I so then I started looking and I couldn't find anything in Norway. And then I was like, okay, so let's see, what should I do? And then I, I brainstormed a little bit with some of my friends and then we were doing some like different things that we were trying to figure out. But it was it was really, really hard. And I think I had it at the core of it that I knew that I wanted to have like an online community. So, I mean, I've been in person community. There's so much communities that I'm thinking about now. So then I, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just make one for myself. So then I started to figure out like, okay, what is it that I want? And then I knew that I just wanted to have like in-person meetups. I just started super soft. And this happened actually, funny enough, like the idea itself came about, uh, like I said, almost three years ago when I started with the podcast. But uh, unfortunately, uh, that timing was a little bit tricky for me because I just had a very young baby. And, uh, you know, I think my <laughs> desire was bigger than my capability at the time. <laughs> So it uh, it took a little while for me to really really launch the um, the process, and I officially launched it this past May. And in that time that it took me to figure out, I decided that what I was going to do is that I was going to, you know, start a little bit like um, making an in-person meeting, and I did that, and ten people showed up, and but many people that I reached out to, I reached out to so many people, you know, I just, I would just like send messages on Instagram, and I was thinking these people are going to think, you know, because the society here is like, um, I think people are kind and polite, but I think they're a little bit more reserved, and, but you know, me coming from Latin America, I'm like full on all the time, I'm very excited <laughs> about life, and especially when it comes to art, I'm like, oh my goodness. Let me talk about this. So then it was a very interesting experience, but a few people really connected with me very early on and they were also as excited. So that's how it started. Just, you know, like trying to do in-person meetups. And I kind of like uh, had the idea of evolving with everything else together. Like uh, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to focus on my art practice. I want this art community to grow alongside with it and to grow a little bit organically. So I think it was about almost at that time uh, that I also started uh, really investing in understanding how other art communities work. Because even at that point, I wasn't part of the Artist Mother podcast yet. I had only been part of the critique group. And then I decided to join a lot of different communities because I wanted to understand how they worked and understood what was it that I wanted to give in my community. And, uh, you know, just having the opportunity of also seeing what is it that other people need in a community, because there's one aspect of like understanding what is it that I want. But if I was 
if I wanted it for it to be successful here in Norway, I needed to understand what other people were looking in a community. So that was a very interesting um, experience. I spent quite a few months with different um, communities that I'm still super active with. And I'm very, very grateful to each of them because I also brought them into the discussion of me building a community and actually getting the feedback from the people who were doing the community. And I think that was such a valuable thing to do. I want to thank both in particular at Moms United. They are a fantastic community and they were so helpful. And then the other one are, of course, the Art Queens. My God, that platform is just like mind blowing. And I think if anything, these two communities really reinforce the idea on me that, okay, I am really onto something because people need this. And I think it's not just about the art uh, artists that need the a community. Everybody does. We thrive as communities always. And unfortunately, as you know, we modernized and there were all these convenience things that came along, means of communication better, getting better, means of transportation also being more efficient. People just really, you know, moved away and suddenly people find themselves completely alone. And we've been doing that for quite some time. So people don't really know how to connect at times. And also some people never grew in a community, so they don't understand what are the benefits of being in a community. So at the core of my community was always finding ways to support other artists, understanding what other artists needed, but also showing them what a community does to you and, uh, and how you can thrive. Because I grew up within my family, which was a very big community. When I moved to the U.S., I had a lot of that family in the U.S. too. And then when I moved, after I moved, uh, living in the, UK, in the U.S. for 10 years, I moved to the U.K. And there I was all alone. That was the very first time that I was all alone. But even then, you know, I was busy. I was working. I was single. There were so many different things that I was still, I think I didn't really magnify what it meant to be completely without a community. Until I came to Norway, I had my own children. And then suddenly I was like, it's just me all the time with the children and I didn't know what to do. So I think that was really the basis of me wanting to do the community. And um, as it started evolving, I realized that I wanted to give visibility to artists because I understood very early on that the statistics were showing that really getting visibility can be very challenging as a female artist, both opportunities to show in um, galleries or just to have exhibitions in general. I think um, that was something that uh, was very interesting. I don't think I was very surprised because I think for the most part, it's very understood that when you are a woman, you know, you face different challenges in the career just because you're a woman, because you're expected to at some point make decisions for your life, whether it's like getting married or having children or care for someone. Um, and then suddenly, you know, you're not considered to be following the traditional career path and you are put a little bit to the side. So that was, uh, like I said, not surprising to see, but it really made me realize that, you know, besides making a community, I also wanted to find ways where I could help people understand how we could work together to create opportunities to, to see things and to, you know, like uh, find those opportunities for ourselves and sometimes make them for ourselves. And that was also very, very beautiful. I used a lot of resources. I took a couple of classes and one of them was one that Kita and Ekaterina run together about showing your work. And I thought that was just amazing because they gave us really like, you know, so many tools to understand that, yes, having a gallery can be a fantastic thing, 
but that does not mean that that's the only way you could show your work. So then with all these tools, I thought, you know, I'm ready, so I'm going to do it. So then in August, we had our first exhibition and it was, you know, a bit crazy. We had an international call for art and we had 23 artists from different countries. It was a beautiful exhibition. It was a huge learning process as well because, you know, it was interesting to be on the other side. I had applied to a lot of things. I had sent a lot of work before, but suddenly <laughs> I'm on the other role and I'm like, okay, now I need to understand how this works. And also just learning how to work with artists. It was a beautiful thing to see how much people uh, were encouraged by what I was doing, how they wanted to participate. And uh, our community has really, really grown. We are 130 members. I closed membership um, after, I think, three months of having it open because I wanted to take some time to really get to know the people since we're doing an in-person community, it was important for me to uh, to get to know the members. So we have done a really good job at really connecting and understanding each other. We usually have about two meetups a week. One is like a members meetup. Yes. And we try to do like different activities for that. And then the other thing is a very informal museum meetup that we do once a month. So we try to go to the different museums and we do things like that. And that is just really, really beautiful. And again, it's just things that I think benefits everybody. And what comes back all the time is about like how we're all constantly looking for opportunities to show our work. And that's why I'm so motivated to continue to work to, you know, help my community understand that, yes, we can create opportunities for ourselves and that's fantastic. But the other thing is we must invest in ourselves. And, you know, whatever that means, whether it's like for your own art practice, one-on-one coaching, joining a community where they provide that kind of uh, information. I haven't found necessarily people who are doing that specific work here in Norway. So, I don't know. I think for the most part, I'm trying to look abroad for people to actually come and teach us here because I think also we are so global that it's important for us to look beyond Norway. Norway is a wonderful country. I think there's a lot of people who really appreciate art. There's many wonderful collectors here, but, you know, we really have the opportunity to go everywhere now and to send our art everywhere. So that's why I want us to work with different people in different countries so we also understand how we can bring our work to different places. That is so amazing. Like, I truly am so blown away by the work that you are doing. And I've seen your community grow so yeah. much, like, especially within the last, I feel, six months or so. Yes. And I, I was looking at photos of the exhibit that you put together. And oh, my goodness, it was so beautiful and so inspiring. And it's it's amazing because, you know, these online art platforms that have popped up have yeah. been so impactful, like, mm-hmm. for sure. Art Moms United, um, the Art Queens, and I am so grateful. I think that's actually how we connected with yes, the Art I Queens. Yes, I think so. I think so. Oh my goodness, they're incredible, and I love that you use that as as like fuel and inspiration and motivation yeah. to start your own community. And I love that you're doing an in person community because yeah. in person interaction, I think now more than ever, like after we've been so isolated during the this you know almost three year pandemic. Yeah to have a dedicated space for artists to physically meet up in person, I can imagine is so, so needed and so beneficial. And also like as artists, we are just naturally, I think we, we tend not to generalize, but I think we tend to be a little bit more introverted and 
we are alone in our studio when we're making our work. Mm -hmm. So to balance that out, to have a place where we can like engage in meaningful conversations in a community setting is so necessary to creating that balance. So yes. And also to, to really uh, help us develop that skill of understanding that part of being an artist is being able to talk about your work. So as much as you are an introverted, you need to have a safe space where you can have those conversations with people because you have to face that. I mean, it's, it, I don't think there are ways around that. That's probably the most challenging thing, but uh, it's a necessary part of being an artist if you want to show your work. And the, the other thing that yeah. we've been working towards and that we've luckily uh, managed to try out is actually we have created a co-working space. So we're trying this out until the end of January, but then we're looking for a more permanent location. And there's eight of us, eight artists working uh, together in like an open plan studio. And it has been such a beautiful experience so far. It's almost going to be a month since we opened and we're extremely excited about all the possibilities and all the ideas that we're having. And so many people reaching out to us, loving what we're doing, but also trying to be a part of that. And it's just, you know, it really, really is so inspiring. The biggest goal that I have for the community so far is that in 2024, I want us to have a self-portrait exhibition, all female artists, all mediums. And we're trying to look for the right location. So I think at some point in the coming year, at the beginning of the year, we're going to probably put the call for art so that the women can start getting ready because maybe somebody hasn't really done a self-portrait. But it's going to be a very exciting opportunity. I can't wait to see how that makes a shift uh, for Norway, because I think this is definitely one of the countries where they work so hard towards equality. And it'll be really beautiful to see if the public sector can look into us and be like, okay, you know, we're ready to do like 50-50 representation in all public places because we will have hopefully as many female artists as there are in Norway so that we can give them the opportunity to just choose from because we are so many, we are so hardworking. I think unfortunately many times we're not taking that seriously because we have so many commitments because there are so many things and unfortunately it's it's just a matter of like the way art has also developed in many ways men are considered more seriously to be dedicated to their art but also understanding how we are affecting how we price art because I think as women we inevitably feel that you know our time must be given for free it is just the way that like we have evolved to do things, you know, like if you're a woman, you're expected to clean up the house. If you're in a relationship, because, you know, that's the job of a woman is what they say. Or like, if you have children that the women will pick up most of the caretaking duties and so many things like that. So I think inevitably that affects us as women in many levels. And I can think that in one of those levels is definitely in the way we price our art because the difference in the pricing can be really, really, you know, so big that it's, it's just amazing. So that's something also that I'm trying to work with in our community to understand that, you know, we have the power to decide what our artwork uh, value is and just really push for that because we are just as uh, valuable as every other artist. We put in the work, we're doing what we need to do to continue to develop our art practice. And I'm excited to see how that happens. 
<laughs> I'm so excited too. I mean, that's a, a, such an incredible idea. And like, it's true. Uh, women artists have historically been underrepresented. We're still mm -hmm. tremendously, like there's a huge disparity between yep. how women artists price their work uh, versus how men price their work. And, you know, when you look at the statistics of men, male artists versus female artists in museums and galleries, it's absolutely mind blowing. Exactly. And yeah. There's some really incredible platforms right now, like Art Girl Rising, who is shining yes, a light on this. Yes, I love that. I love that. They're wonderful. And I was lucky enough to do a collaboration with them last year, mm -hmm. but they're doing really important work. And yeah. oh my goodness, I, I just love what you are building so much. I'm so excited to see it grow. I think it's well, so inspirational. You. Yeah, it's so inspiring that you are building this alongside your own art career too. And yeah. It's just amazing. So, oh my goodness, Paulina, I want to thank you so much for coming today. And oh, thank you. I'm going to, yeah, it's been such a pleasure to just learn about your, you know, your career as an artist and how that's evolving, but also to learn more about the amazing work you're doing for female artists Oslo. And I will include all of your information in the show notes so that our wonderful audience can follow along and continue to see how your work evolves and how your community evolves. Um, but really incredible. Like I, I truly feel so inspired after this conversation and yeah, I'm just so, so excited to see how your visions come to life over the next few years. So thank, <laughs> thank you, you. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you so much, Victoria, because I have to say that also the platform that you have, um, with the visionary art collective was also a huge inspiration to me to see all the resources, all the hard work that you had put into that to just give to artists to have, you know, as part of their tools was just incredible to me. And I was so happy to be able to connect with you, to have worked with you closely. I really value everything you do. I think you are such a fantastic artist and a fantastic art educator. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for this beautiful opportunity to be on this. Thank you so much. That is so kind. And I really appreciate it. And yeah, I think, you know, we're all in this together. And mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest takeaways that I have from this conversation is just the power of community, you know, find yes. your people or or create your own community. Exactly. But now there are so many communities you can join. So yeah. um, I think really for anyone listening to this, the big, one of the biggest pieces of advice we can give you is to really find your people, find yeah. your art community, because it's going to help you grow. It's essential to your growth as an artist. So anyway, thank you again, Paulina. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And yeah, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.